This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for July 27th, 2018. In this week's episode, the recently discovered Callisto malware hits a little close to home. We'll have the details. Plus, a recent security report has found that hardware security keys providing two-factor authentication prevent phishing attacks. And you might be seeing more insecure website warnings in Google's Chrome browser. We'll tell you what those messages really mean. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. I mostly use Safari for my browsing, but every once in a while I use Chrome. Some websites don't necessarily load correctly in Safari, in part because I have a number of extensions, ad blockers and things. And more and more I'm noticing Chrome sending up these these dire-looking alerts saying the website you're about to visit is dangerous. They will come into your home and steal your children and poison the well and salt the earth and all that. What's going on? Ah, yeah, I think you're talking about this new feature of the latest versions of Chrome where they are warning people that if a site doesn't use HTTPS, then it is not secure. Not secure, yeah. Uh, I'm going to link to an article by Graham Cooley on his blog where he's talking about what's happening and uh, i mean you can try it yourself with chrome and if you go to some website and the url starts with http rather than https and this is since the 24th of july you will see that it's not secure i know that google has been planning this for a couple of years now and they've warned people who have websites that their websites should be https so this is it's a certificate that proves that the website is what it is and not pretending to be something else And I even had to do this on my personal website because one of the things that Google has made clear is that they would demote websites in search results if they weren't HTTPS. This kind of extortion in a way. But why does it matter for, you know, my personal website? I'm not really collecting any data from people. I'm not selling them anything. They're not giving me their credit card number. Why does it matter? Uh, (laughs) I think I think for Google, they're trying to sort of promote best practices. And so I think that's kind of one of the reasons that they want to see HTTPS everywhere. That could explain at least why they're kind of de-emphasizing sites that don't use HTTPS in their search engine. It does kind of push web developers to go, oh, okay, well, I guess I'd better see how I can get an SSL certificate or TLS certificate for my site. I've never really thought that I needed to do that, but I guess if I'm going to try to get near the top of the Google search results, then I'm going to have to do play their game, you know? So if for no other reason than just to, to try to get closer to the top of the search results, a lot of web developers are going to start you know, figuring out some way to add security to their domain. No, is it really, does it really matter for a blog? Well, um, I think one could make the argument that if you are planning to actually sign in and post content on that page, then that's one example of where, yeah, it probably is a good idea to have security for your login. I mean, you certainly don't want to be typing a password 
into a field on a page where it's not being entered securely. So what you're saying is with HTTPS, that means that the password is sent encrypted. And if it's not HTTPS, this password is sent in clear text. Well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> so so here's, could here, be. here's where it gets a little bit technical. It is absolutely possible for you to have a form that is submitted securely on a page that does not have HTTPS in the URL bar. And basically the way that that works is, you know, you're, you're typing into the form and then the forms submission button actually sends your request over HTTPS. So there, it, it's absolutely possible for your main site that where you landed to not be HTTPS, but then for certain elements within that page to be submitted over, over an encrypted connection. Um, Google doesn't like that. And in an ideal world, yeah, you want the whole thing, everything everywhere to be HTTPS. So here, here's an example of why you do want that whenever possible. Let's say somebody goes to Kirkville.com, okay? And, and let, let's say that they want to read an article that you've posted there, and that's all that they're doing. They're not even necessarily signing in to the page, but you as a website owner, you want to make sure that the people who are connecting to your site are getting something that's legitimately from you. You want to make sure there's no man in the middle who's screwing up your page and injecting advertisements, injecting malicious code into your page and making it look to the user like something malicious came from your page. I'll give you a specific example. So my internet service provider is Comcast. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners know that they don't necessarily have the best reputation. They're not exactly a, a beloved internet service provider. One of the things that Comcast does is that if you are getting close to your bandwidth cap, they will start injecting JavaScript code into non-HTTPS pages that you visit that warns you that you're getting close to your cap. They're actually injecting active code into other people's web pages to warn you about this. They can alter the content on your web pages any way they want. They could have a script that replaces Josh with Alice or Bob, and, and they could have a, a script that replaces a link that you've linked to in an article to a link that they want to link to. Exactly. They cannot inject JavaScript into an HTTPS secured page. They don't have any good way to do that because they don't have a sort of a man in the middle certificate on your computer that authorizes them to be a trusted party for the websites that you're visiting that use HTTPS. Maybe at some point in the future, Comcast will start, you know, forcing that onto people's systems. But that, that really gives them the keys to the kingdom. Now they can do anything. Okay, see, the problem is that even though I know a lot about this stuff, I'm confused by this. <laughs> Before the show, we were talking about a problem that comes up with the Intego podcast site, which is podcast.intego.com. And some people will go to it and their web browser will say that it's not secure and it's attempting to impersonate the site. And that's because there is one certificate for intego.com and we host our podcast with a different company, 
who has their own certificate, they apply to all the domains that are on their website, all the domains that are hosting podcasts. How does one understand this? Because w when we see something like this in the browser, warning, alert, dangerous, we're just going to not go to the site, we're going to run away. How can a, an, an average user understand what to do here? Okay, so with our podcast site in particular, if you just type into your browser address bar podcast.intego.com. It's going to default to a non-HTTPS page. It's just going to use HTTP without security. That's what in Chrome now shows up if you've got the latest version of Chrome, if you've updated, it'll say not secure next to the the address. Okay, so what you're saying is if you go to the non-secure website, which frankly, to listen to this podcast, you don't really need to be that secure. You're either going to read the show notes or you're going to listen to the podcast itself, which is embedded on a web page. Right. Generally speaking, it's probably not something you really need to, to have a secure connection for the, for those purposes. Okay. But what do people do when they see this warning? Should they start worrying when they're seeing other websites and they're not really sure, as you said, Comcast inject, injecting code and other websites that may be manipulated by Tom Cruise or something who wants to send in an ad for his new movie. I don't know. I, I think the problem is uh, Google is doing something that they think is a good idea and that probably is overall a good idea. But when users end up being unsure of what to do and when it seems a bit threatening, I'm not sure that this is the best approach. Yeah. Well, maybe I should explain a little bit what that other message is briefly. So if, if you type in, in this particular case, HTTPS colon slash slash podcast dot com, what you'll see is uh, in, in Chrome, what it'll show up as is it'll say your connection is not private. So it'll actually put up a sort of an interstitial page. You, you'll see a page that warns you with a big, you know, uh, red triangle with an exclamation point in it saying your connection is not private. And it says attackers might be trying to steal your information from podcast.intego.com. And then you have to click on this link that says advanced and then it gives you a little more detail. It says, this server could not prove that it is podcast.intego.com. Its security certificate is from asterisk.fireside.fm. Right, that's the company that hosts the podcast and the podcast file. So we know that, yes, we're actually hosting the site through Fireside's hosting, and so we know that that's okay. But our listeners may not know that. And Fireside, that sounds a bit dangerous, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, what is Fireside? I, I don't know that company. What, what is that? Are they some, you know, is that Tom Cruise's site? I don't know. Could be. If you ever see that not secure without any sort of red, you know, warnings, and then you go and try to add an S into the URL in your address bar, you might see a message like this on other sites as well. Basically, what this usually means is that that site is hosted on on a different server. It's located somewhere else. And so somebody else is providing that secure connection. In a, in a way, it's a conflict with two certificates. And, and this is the case that you have the main domain, intego.com, and then the subdomain, podcast.intego.com. You can have tons of subdomains, and they can have their own certificates that aren't directly subservient to the main domain certificate. Well, let's take a step back here. I, th I think what's really important for people to, to know is that if you're not putting sensitive information 
into a page, most of the time it probably really doesn't matter whether you have HTTP or HTTPS. If you're just sitting at home and you want to pull up our, our podcast page and, and, and read the show notes, you probably really don't have anything to worry about with that, you know, gray, not secure message right next to the, to, to the address. When you're using a public network, you probably want to be a little bit more careful if you're visiting a page like that and you want to log in, say, or especially if you're trying to do something like typing in credit card numbers, you absolutely want to make sure you have an HTTPS connection with a proper certificate. Because if you don't, there is a possibility that somebody actually could be trying to steal your credit card number or something. So, um, so do be careful about that. But in general, yeah, it probably doesn't matter too much at this point if you're just visiting a site and just to read some information on it, if whether it has HTTPS or not. Okay, in other news that's Google-related, there was an article by security researcher Brian Krebs talking about how Google says that using security keys neutralized employee phishing. Now, we've talked about two-factor authentication in the past. Generally, you get something over an SMS, a text message, you get a six-digit code, or you use the Google Authenticator app or another app like a password manager that can generate a code. But what they're talking about here is using an actual USB key that you plug into the computer. And this is a pretty powerful second factor because you're the only person who has it. What's interesting is that none of their 85,000 plus employees have been successfully fished on their work-related accounts since early 2017, since they required everyone to use these keys. And I think this is a really good thing to be aware of. And, and I've seen a lot of talk recently about journalists, how they should sign up for a specific Gmail program that has hardened two-factor authentication because journalists can get fished and hacked and, and things like that. This is an interesting way to defeat the problem, but of course it's a bit onerous in the fact that you always have to have this device plug it into your computer, and you can't really plug it into an iPhone, can you? Uh, well, yeah, not easily. <laughs> so there, there's a there's a dongle that you can get, sort of something to attach to your lightning port so that you can plug in one of these devices in, into your iPhone. It's a little bit cumbersome to have to carry around a, a dongle and a, one of these little USB keys. You think of it as something you have, right? Because you have your phone. And well, how could anybody else, you know, get a text message that's intended for me? Well, the problem is that, and Krebs explains this in, in his article, he says, thieves can intercept that one-time code by tricking your mobile provider into either swapping your mobile device's SIM card or porting your mobile phone number to a different device. So basically, if somebody, you know, tricks your cellular provider, they can intercept your text messages or they can have a phone call intended for your device to actually come to their device. So really getting a text message, for example, which almost all of these sites that have a, a second factor allow that. It's, it's really not the best second factor because there, there's not really necessarily a guarantee that it's going to the device that's in your possession. But of course, the problem here is that you have to have this specific hardware device, which I guess you just put it on your key ring and you don't worry. The, the only problem is, again, if you use an iPhone, then you're, you're stuck because this does work with NFC near field communication on Android phones, but the iPhone isn't yet compatible with this. Right. So you've got to have this extra step in there if you want to use this with an iPhone. 
but it's annoying. So what about us individuals? I'm a journalist, but I don't do the kind of journalism where someone's going to try to hack me to get sensitive national security information. Should other people be protecting their... Uh, I know that this is this sort of thing is available for Gmail. Should other people be protecting their Gmail with something like this? What's the cutoff point between average users sending emails to friends and family to, you know, Tom Cruise? Where's the cutoff at which you think this would be a good idea? If you work, let's say you work for a company and you're traveling abroad and you're worried about your company's secrets being hacked or something? Is that a good use case? Sure, yeah. And, and the specific thing for journalists um, that you're talking about is something called advanced protection, which Google offers now. And essentially what that means is that they have a little bit higher security requirements for accessing your account. And specifically, you won't be able to use, uh, you know, third party mail apps. So if you want to use, for example, the mail app that's built into your iOS device, your iPhone, you won't be able to use that app in order to log into and check your your Gmail. OK, you can certainly turn on advanced protection, especially if you fear that, uh, you know, somebody may be trying to target you. It's probably a good idea to uh, to turn on advanced protection. As I mentioned, there can be a little con inconvenient depending on whether you're used to using a third party app, but uh, it, it does provide better security. Now, for the average user, though, you probably don't really need to go to the advanced protection option, but it is a good idea to at least turn on a second factor. There's other alternatives to SMS. One of the things that Google allows you to do is to use an app called Google Authenticator, which is, you know, it's a free app. You can get it on iOS, Android, whatever. And it gives you temporary uh, one-time codes and it, it sort of refreshes automatically in the app. So every certain number of seconds, they give you a new code. It's usually every 30 seconds you get a new code. Right. You'll, you'll get a, a new code that times out after that period of time, and then you have to put in a new code in order to prove who you are. And the, the idea behind this, this one-time token that lasts a very short period of time, it's really similar to the, the way that SMS works, but it doesn't have that uh, easily intercepted problem that SMS has. The bottom line here is that if you have no other option than SMS, do enable that as your second factor because it's better to have a second factor that's not necessarily the strongest than to have no second factor at all where you're only relying on a password. But if you do have better options such as Google Authenticator, it's better to use one of those options rather than SMS. We're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new malware that has targeted Intego software by pretending to be an Intego software installer. Intego is dedicated to better online safety practices, and the summertime offers a unique opportunity for parents and kids to become more cyber aware and to be better educated about potentially harmful online content and activities. As part of our commitment to protecting children and teens online, Intego is offering a 50% discount with the purchase of our award-winning Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego Mac Premium Bundle X9 is our most feature-rich suite of internet security and backup software for your Mac. It contains everything you need to keep your Mac protected, secure, 
private and clean and includes antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware, two-way firewall network protection, Mac Cleaner to optimize your Mac, personal backup software for quick and easy recovery in case of a crash, parental controls with website and application blocking. You can get Intego's award-winning Mac Premium Bundle X9 for 50% off the suggested retail price by using this promo code at checkout. Premium 50, all one word, no spaces. Premium 50. Have a really safe summer by protecting your computers and your family from internet dangers. Save 50% on Mac Premium Bundle X9 with the promo code Premium 50 at checkout. Visit Intego.com today. So in the news this week, there's some new malware called Callisto, and it's interesting because it's masquerading as Intego Virus Barrier. Tell us about this, Josh. Yeah, th- this is a really, I-, I guess, uncommon thing for something to masquerade specifically as an Intego product. We have seen a lot of, you know, fake antivirus malware out there. It hasn't happened as much on the Mac. On Windows, this is a big problem where. Some piece of software gets onto your machine, and then it tells you you've got a thousand viruses, and you need to, you know, pay us to clean up your computer. And it's just a scam. This is a little bit different from that. This is actually some malware that is pretending to be a specific, legitimate antivirus program. And when it gets on your machine, it actually infects it in other ways. There was an example、uh, of malware from the same family. This is、uh, was called OS10 Proton, that came up in November,、uh, just this past year in 2017, that mimicked Symantec or Norton software. It had a, a Symantec logo on it, and so to kind of your average user, it. it Pretty much looked like it was probably legitimate, you know, software from this reputable antivirus vendor. Interestingly enough, there was just discovered a, a variant of Proton, actually a predecessor to Proton, that's being called、uh, OS X Callisto, and Callisto disguises itself as. The Intego software installer. So, if you were to go to Intego.com and and download the software from us, you would get a disk image file, and it would contain an installer and a few other files in there. And these guys actually just took the that raw disk image from us. And they stripped some things out. They they kind of simplified the way the disk image looked by only having one icon. There's no reason for them to have an uninstaller on the disk image, right? Because they're just trying to <laughs> install malware onto your machine. Yep. So they they used the same images and icon and name and everything that the legitimate Intego software uses. And the whole point of this. Is to trick somebody into believing that they're installing legitimate antivirus software, when what it's actually doing is installing malware onto your machine. So let's be clear: Intego servers were not hacked. Absolutely correct. Okay, and this is just another type of Trojan horse, isn't it? The same way we get these Adobe Flash installers that claim to be Adobe Flash and then install malware. There's nothing really different. The only difference is that they're. Banking on the authority of Intego Virus Barrier to make people trust the installer more than they would some random installer. 
Right, exactly. If it's a company that you've never heard of before, if they've got some, you know, crazy looking icon that nobody's ever seen, it's it's not going to look nearly as trustworthy as, oh, well, here's a legitimate company that you've seen their logo, you know who they are, you've seen their name before. They're trying to bank on Intego's reputation that you'll know who Intego is and uh, and that you, you'll therefore trust this something that is not actually Intego software. And so this malware is pretty nasty, but it's no nastier than most malware. It can steal the administrator's username and password, which means that someone can remotely log into a computer and control it and do anything. It can install a backdoor malware and a remote administration tool. That's a rat. We've talked about rats in the past. It can steal passwords and other data from the keychain. It can get your history bookmarks and cookies from Google Chrome. It can phone home to a command and control server, but apparently that's been taken offline. W worth pointing out right away that the real Intego virus barrier will detect the fake Intego virus barrier right. malware that's been installed. So if you do have virus barrier installed for real, it will tell you that something bad got installed. Do people need to worry about this? I think that's one of the big questions, right? Um, it, is it likely that you have ever, you know, downloaded a, a fake Intego installer? Well, if you've always gotten your Intego software from Intego.com, then you've got the legitimate software. If you obtain it from some strange third party, who knows? Uh, if you got it from, say, BitTorrent or something like that, you know, it's not really known where exactly this particular sample came from. Did, you know, did somebody find it somewhere on the internet and mm -hmm. upload it to VirusTotal? VirusTotal is sort of an aggregate scanner site so that you can check, you know, 60 different antivirus engines uh, to see whether any of them flags a particular file as malicious. One of the things worth noting is that if you do use Intego software, you've downloaded the installer or you've downloaded the installer to try it out, from the Intego website. And in the future, as the software is updated, it's updated automatically using the NetUpdate app on your Mac. So you have no need to re-download the installer at any time unless the software has gotten damaged. Maybe you're installing onto a new computer. So you wouldn't need to download this installer. What is probable is that someone tried to pass this off on, as you said, BitTorrent sites as being a cracked version of the app. And of course, this doesn't work with Intego's software because it's a subscription-based service. So there's no serial number that you can use to crack it. Your serial number is tied to an account in order to be able to use the software. But of course, people who don't want to pay for software, they download stuff like this all the time, and they may believe that it's actually safe. You know, the old adage that if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And in fact, in this particular case, we don't even know, you know, if this was really in the wild. Because this was something that, although it had been uploaded to VirusTotal a couple of years ago, this is actually two years old almost. It was first uploaded to VirusTotal in August 2016, nearly two years ago. And it was not discovered by any, any antivirus program until just recently, really just this past week. Some researchers were kind of digging through some old stuff that they that they found on on VirusTotal, and they started taking a closer look at this and said, "Oh, this doesn't look right. This seems to be doing some things that the actual Intego installer doesn't do, and this looks malicious." And so they started digging into it further and found that this has been out there somewhere for a couple of years. Now, what that could mean 
is that, you know, the guys who developed that proton fake semantic uh, malware last year, they might have actually been trying this out as a proof of concept, and they may have actually uploaded it to VirusTotal themselves just to test, you know, something and, and see whether to it see got... if it would be detected. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it is also possible that this never was really technically in the wild. We just don't know. So again, is it something that users really need to worry very much about? No, probably not. But if you do have the legitimate IntegoVirus barrier installed, it will detect this and it will clean it from your system. So the takeaway here is download your Intego software from Intego.com and stay secure. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com.